Hello, and welcome to What Is My Podcast About? This is the podcast where we sit down on a fortnightly basis and discuss a topic to find out what our podcast is going to be about. I'm your host, Peter Akerley, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew Grace. Hello. And Keith Ramsey. Hey. So how are you guys doing? We actually get to, like, sit together and be in the same room, in case you people at home cannot tell by the fact that all of our voices sound equally as luxurious. We're actually all in the same room on the same quality mic for once. Absolutely fantastic. I don't have to sit in my stuffy, overheated room. Yeah, luckily for where we're at, which is Nova Scotia, they've we've had no cases for quite some time. So we're actually able to mingle a bit until, you know, things get a bit worse with the inevitable second wave. Yep, yeah, there's... I believe we're currently 14 days without any new cases. Yeah. Two weeks with no new cases, and it's been two weeks, over two weeks now since the last known case. And we're about to enter, I guess, a kind of safety bubble with all the maritime provinces also. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, we're also recording in my new recording area. Yeah. So if it sounds awful and wrong, let us know and we'll just fucking burn this place to the ground. Please don't. I'll just find like some like sound bubble pops or something. Yeah. We're trying to deal with the echo. It's uh, some uh, gray insulation foam wood. I, want, I don't know. We'll figure it the fuck out. I wanted to come up with a pun, but I couldn't think of a pun with Echo. That's Thank right. God, we've moved on. Alright, so, what's going on in your guys' lives? Well, uh, not only can we do stuff now, but the news cycles actually picked up a bit, especially with things of interest. Uh, most recent thing that I've been excited about, and I've already spent most of my time doing, is Persona 4 Golden is on PC now. Nice. So, I've gone back into that grind. Last time I played it, I spent a good four or 500 hours, 100%ing the game, and just getting all the stuff, so... I'm sure with the more content, that won't turn out bad. Yeah, that was one of several things that flew under my radar. That hitting Steam, Titanfall 2 hitting Steam, which is an amazing game, by the way, and also the next Shantae game coming out. Yeah, I believe today, as we're recording, it is also the start of another big Steam sale, so yep. we got that to look the forward to sale. as well. So yep. buy a whole bunch of fucking games now <laughs> while they're all on Steam. Never play them, even though I had that backlog for most of quarantine. But did I play it? <laughs> nope. No, I went back and played fucking old games that I've played a dozen times already instead of my backlog. Uh, now, uh, f- a few other interesting things is uh, PlayStation also had their little kind of conference thing talking about stuff. We got finally the details of the PlayStation 5. Except my... for one like key detail, how much we're going to have to fucking pay for. No, they revealed that too. Oh, I missed that part. <laughs> it, I don't think it was in their live stream, but the information okay. did come out. Yeah. Okay, I missed that. Uh, my The thing I liked the most about it, uh, and it wasn't actually something about the conference itself, they revealed what the PlayStation 5 looked like, and almost immediately online, I saw a Photoshop of Seto Kaiba's head on top of it, saying that you're a third-rate console, so uh, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I love some of the fucking memes that have come out from the PlayStation 5. Like, so many goddamn memes. There's the ones where someone just took a PlayStation 4 and wrapped it in paper towel and called it the PlayStation 5. <laughs> People just holding PlayStation 2s and 3s together with a Yu-Gi-Oh! Fusion card and saying they're now going to get their PlayStation 5. It's a world of memes every time a new PlayStation's announced. Uh, on top of that also, uh, during the same conference we got confirmation on the new Resident Evil. It was 100% confirmed that the joke title of one thought was, no, that's definitely not it, was it? So it's Resident Evil Village, but within Village are the Roman numerals for 8. Yep, of course. Uh, this one has Bad Chris, who's wearing dark clothing like Wesker, and he shoots Mia in the opening uh, images of it, saying, uh, sorry, it's nothing personal. We also got a big announcement from Bethesda during this conference of 
big game coming to the PlayStation 5. Skyrim. Everyone was wondering. Everyone was waiting. We know for a fact it's going to be on the PlayStation 5. Wait, is it? Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. They they made a big announcement. Everyone's like, oh, they're finally going to announce Elder Scrolls 6. This is so exciting. Nope. Skyrim. Skyrim's coming to the PlayStation 5. At this 5. point, I'm always expecting them to announce either Skyrim or something new for Fallout 76. Those are the that's only two things they do now. That's fair. Uh, also speaking of uh, Vault Boy, he's now in Smash as a costume for the Mii Fighters. Alongside, uh, we're going to be getting Heiachi from Tekken as a Mii Fighter costume as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the character that was released finally from ARMS was announced. It's going to be Min Min. Fucking ARMS. That, that was an amazing trailer for it Min Min, trailer. though, by the way. Now, uh, uh, did you guys watch the whole conference thing with uh, Sakurai? I didn't yet. So he was going over it and he was explaining that uh, they did a lot of work for this because they all work from home. But they specifically, because they haven't recorded, recorded a Captain Falcon line since Melee, not Melee, uh, the original on the 64, that they had to actually bring in the voice actor for Captain Falcon for that trailer to just make eating noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's spectacular. Because <laughs> that's the one thing they didn't have in the audio backlog for him. Which also raises your question is, when he does the summon for his uh, uh, smash attack, the, the lines he had were back in the original 64 yeah. copy. They just didn't... They actually wanted to put those types of attacks in the original game, but they never had the process to do it until Brawl. But they recorded the audio for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been there. Everything that they've had for him has been there. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. And then uh, the other big announcement game-wise that uh, I enjoyed was Crash Bandicoot 4 was announced. Oh, I'm so excited for Crash Bandicoot 4. Now, the fun thing about this is the fact that Crash Bandicoot 4, it's... The fourth game, quote-unquote, but there's been like nine or ten games for Crash Bandicoot since three. And they actually have a joke towards that, where it's the thing is like, uh, it, like Cortex does his whole evil thing, and then the mask is like, how, long, how many times have you guys done this? And it's like, oh, we've only done this three times before. And that feels like, like a lot more than three. Right. That feels like that's low. Yeah. <laughs> we got other fun news going on in the world of quarantine slowly being lifted. So here in Canada, at least in BC and Alberta, movie theaters have started to reopen. Which is pretty excited. And they, I know Cineplex at least has said they intend to reopen in Atlanta, Canada in mid-July. So only a couple more weeks before I can finally go back to sitting in a movie theater watching movies again. And avoiding any real conflict. Christopher Nolan, that madman, he, he said Tenet was going to play. And it's, by God, going to play. <laughs> he will forcibly open theaters if he has to make Tenet play. <laughs> I'm just happy the theaters are going to be open for... Uh anime movie i've been looking forward to which one's that it's uh made in abyss dawn of the deep soul the Ooh. continuation of the series been waiting that for that to come out for a long time it was supposed to come out in uh february i think but because of this whole thing yeah it's been delayed not to immediately t turn away from anime to the other thing but you mentioned tenet and one of the things i really enjoyed is i read an article online the other day about how people were making fun of the fact that like some of Christopher Nolan's earlier movies were a little bit hard to follow if you're not paying super well attention. The actors in Tenet have come out and said they have no fucking clue what's going on in Tenet. They can't even follow the plot of this fucking He's movie. He's gone full Nolan. <laughs> oh, boy. That'll be a, an interesting movie, then, to watch, I suppose. I imagine it's going to be good. Sometimes actors aren't always super bright, so... And it's also the whole situation of... Sometimes to avoid spoilers getting out, they don't get the full script. They only do individual scenes and they don't know how the scenes fit together. I mean, again, so. a good prime example of this was Endgame. Only three or so of the actors knew the actual full story of what was going on. Tom Holland was absolutely not one of them. because <laughs> it was Mike Ruffalo. <laughs> Neither one of them can keep a secret. 
So, shall we talk about the thing? The thing of today? The thing of today being the thing which I think it is? The thing that you think it is? The thing that definitely nobody who's listening knows what it is because they didn't look at the title of the podcast. They're waiting until this moment to figure out what the podcast is about. Unless they've already guessed it from the picture that we posted. Or the fact that we've been doing a big hint this whole time while recording. Yes. I'm sure you can hear the wind sound of us vigorously posing. (laughs) Oh, this is the best part about recording in person is we can all pose and know that the other ones are also posing. So yes, today we are talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yay. Matt, you need to really step up your enthusiasm because this is the big one. Now, of course, we're only talking about Phantom Blood today, part one. Yeah, there's not nearly enough fucking time to talk about the entire series. We Let's put it this way. We have plans for how to release talking about the entire series, but for today... All you're getting out of us is Phantom Blood. Which is good, because that's pretty much half of what I've watched thus far. Yeah, me as well. I've only watched the first two story arcs just to kind of keep from poisoning my mind on Phantom Blood while we talk about it. Now, just one other thing I have a question for you both. Are you, like, is this your first experience with JoJo? Uh, Have you gone further or seen anything further? Or have you only been up to the spot you've gotten up to, which is the first two parts so far? I have, a while back... I started watching uh, Phantom Blood, but then after the first part of Phantom Blood and it gets into the second part, which we'll talk about later, I kind of fell off for a while. Then I started watching it again, continued through to the next chapter of JoJo's. Okay. And then I started on to the next chapter, but I've kind of put it on pause for now while I watch other things. Fair enough. This is 100% my first experience with anything even slightly JoJo related, with the minor exception of... The internet just being chock full of fucking JoJo memes and me slowly gaining context for all the memes I've seen going forward. Like, just as of the first episode, finally having the full context of the It was me, Dio! Finally. That that felt good. This is good. So we're going to get you guys' live experience through it as we go through these parts. Uh, I'm completely up to date with JoJo. I'm currently going through JoJo Leon, so. That's definitely a name of something. Yep. Sure. I will say before we start, though, that the thing that stopped me from getting into JoJo for the longest time was the fact that one of the first things that I learned about JoJo was that in the first arc, a dog is killed. (laughs) Yeah, I, even though I knew we were planning on recording this podcast and knew I had to watch all of JoJo, like, the first episode, I almost just stopped watching. I was like, fuck it, I'll read a plot summary somewhere, because, like, I fucking hated the first episode. Yeah. And had such a hard time coming back and actually watching everything after that. Even though I knew that Dio was the villain and he was going to get comeuppance eventually, and the fact that we were supposed to hate him, no, couldn't fucking stand it. Just leave the dogs alone. Has no one learned anything from John Wick? Seriously. The thing I find funny about Jojo too is, like, it starts off in one way, and it finishes in a whole different area than what you're expecting from what you start with. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into it, we should probably go over what is JoJo, in case anyone is listening to this and doesn't know. Yeah, that's uh, fair. So, JoJo was originally a man- manga, manga, one of those two. Keith just cut out the one that sounds wrong. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm sure that won't happen. I'm doing it right now. Uh, so, it was originally a Show and Jump, uh, or released through Show and Jump. It has since 
being turned into an anime. Twice. Twice. Yep. All words that sound accurate for me, someone who has lots of experience with JoJo. I also felt wrong saying it was turned into a anime, but I don't know how better to say that. Um, yeah, it's an animated series about uh, a single family called the Joestar family, and later they changed their name because of marriage and all that fun stuff. Uh, and their lives throughout the ages fighting against different paranormal occurrences, essentially. So the first season, the one we're talking about today, is all about Jonathan Joestar, son of George Joestar, and his fights against his adopted brother, Dio Brando, the just complete and utter tool dick who becomes a vampire. Hence, it starts in one spot and ends in a completely different spot. Yes. Because yes. the opening, we kind of get like a back and forth of like, oh, this is Jonathan Joestar and his life and all that stuff. And we very clearly, uh, like early on, get like a, he very focused on the concept of being a gentleman. Yes. Yes. Like the fact that our first experience with Jonathan is him rushing into battle with two guys who are much bigger and stronger than him because they're attack or bullying a girl. And then like, she thanks him. He's like, I wasn't doing it for you. I was doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. We get, he's kind of a tool at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Just but at the beginning. Jonathan is a tool kind of like in this concept through the whole part of the arc. Yeah, kind of. He tones it down a little bit, but yes, he's kind of a tool the entire time. He is time. just the image of upstanding gentleman, polite, and just do the right thing. Yeah. And then uh, that's kind of overcrossed with, we get the intro to Dio, and it's, you know, the drunken father in bed, and he's like, don't disturb me, I'm reading my book. And he's like, go and get me another beer, and throws a bottle at his head. Yeah. Then Dio's father, Brandio? Something like that? Dario Brando. Dario Brando. Dario, that's it, Dario. Dies, but before he dies, he... Uh, so essentially, back in time before... Before the birth of Jonathan Joestar. Actually, just or, after right, the birth yes, of Jonathan Joestar. Uh, his father and mother and baby Jonathan get into a carriage crash, and they all almost die. And the only then, survivors being his father and himself. Which yes. would have been awkward if it was just before Jonathan was dead. Yeah, a little bit awkward. Uh, but Dario stumbles upon this crash and thinks to himself, Ooh, sweet pickings for me to go rob some corpses. Some freshly rich made. family just died. Oh boy. Uh, and decides to go steal all the values off them. And is literally in the process of taking rings off the finger of George Joestar. And he's like, Oh my God, you've saved my life. Not realizing at all what's currently happening. Uh, and then uh, essentially declares a debt of gratitude to Dario saying he'll have to pay him back at some point. In fact, Dario even like steals the ring and like tries to hawk it later on. And fucking George is just like, nope, he didn't steal it. I gave it to him. It's a gift. Just like move on with your life and accept this. Um, so yes, Dario dies, but in his dying moments decides to like cash in his chit with George and tell him he has to raise his son Dio now. Yeah. Which is like the one good thing the shitty father ever did for his son. <laughs> yeah. And when you think about it, it's like, okay, you're giving your son the chance at a good life. Sure. Yes. But does he take that chance to turn good? No. Not no, at all. No, he... Also, why now? <laughs> He's been sick and dying for yeah. how long at this point? Why wait until you're dead to give him over and just be like, hey, I've discovered I'm sick Take my son now and start... 
or even do it when you're young. It's like, hey, I, I can't do this for my son. You raise him in the hopes that his son will get some money out of this and then also give him the money. I think the reason that... So I assume the reason that uh, Dario doesn't hand over Dio as a much younger child is entirely because of the fact that Dario just wants some of that sweet, sweet child labor you can get out of having a son That's to true. do manual tasks like fetch beer for you. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I assume that's the reason, but who knows? Maybe Dario just wanted to really fuck up Dio before he <laughs> died. So yes, uh, Dio gets adopted by the Joe Stars, and we very quickly learn he's a dick because within the first minute of him being introduced to the Joe Star family, he literally kicks a fucking dog, and it's just like, great, this is we got to kick the puppy moment fucking immediately i mean this is really where the series starts showing you what you should expect and not to expect at all because dio's entrance is just so goddamn funny because it's just like the the carriage door just bursts open and he like just like sentai poses his way up like he's literally dabbing as he lands onto the ground yeah yep oh that that's gotta be one of my favorite fucking things about this entire series it's just like the excessive fucking poses, like just walking across the street, gotta take like a manly pose mid step, pause for a second so everyone can appreciate it, back to walking. Yeah, and then he like he kicks Danny the dog, and then Jonathan's like, Oh, I'm gonna help you with your baggage, and he flips him and is like, Don't you dare touch my stuff. You're not allowed to touch my stuff. Also, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I'm going to ruin your fucking life right now. <laughs> but then, like, he's like, only the help can touch my stuff. So, this, like, is this him hating JoJo or does, like, he have a level of respect? Like, he's like, know your place. That's, That's for you. the help. That task is below you. You're better than this. <laughs> I will destroy you, but not if you're bringing yourself down to that level. I need to build you up so I can properly tear you down. <laughs> so, yes, this whole episode really fucking was a struggle for me. Just because... It's one of my least favorite fucking, like, plot devices is, like, the unredeemable evil character who suffers no fucking consequences for his actions. Like, he's a complete and utter dick, like, believably and overtly in front of everyone. And everyone's just like, I love Dio. He's the fucking best. Fuck you, Jonathan, because this guy who's clearly a dick said that you're a snitch, so... Fuck you, let's not talk to you ever again. Yeah, to be fair, they do build up Dio really well in this whole concept of being, like, the cunning evil character. Because he turns everyone against Jonathan, and he does it well in a sense. Like, yeah, he's a dick, but he's a dick smart. For example, the people that he ends up bringing to his side, he's not overtly a dick to them. He's a dick openly to Jonathan, but not them specifically. And I then, because he's the king of cool, pretty much at this point, he's like... Hey, fuck Jonathan, am I right? Let's go get some sodas. I suppose, but they don't even, like, from my perspective, didn't even put that much work into it early on. It's just Dio shows up to a fight, kicks the shit out of Jonathan, because of course he does. He's from the mean city streets and knows how to fight, and Jonathan's not capable in the slightest. So he kicks the shit out of Jonathan, and then immediately he's like, I'll teach you all how to fight. But no one tell Jonathan, he's a dirty snitch. And everyone's like, oh, he's a snitch? Yeah, fuck that guy. Let's never talk to him again. It's like, that is all the work that is put into making everyone hate Jonathan. And it fucking works immediately. To the point where the only person who shows him the time of day is fucking Arena after that moment. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, at the same time, these are a bunch of teenagers that just got promised to learn some sick moves. True. But anyways, that was like one of the main issues I took with it. It was just like... 
deal is such an unrelenting dick and everyone's just like yeah i fucking love that guy i was like no i fucking hate this when it happens in fucking movies and tv shows so i almost fucking wrote it for me stayed on for episode two and everything fucking turned around because now immediately everyone's on board with oh yeah Dio's a dick and we've known the entire fucking time. We just hoped that by being nice to him, we might change his core behavior. <laughs> we were just hoping he wouldn't pick on us because he was already picking on Jonathan. He already had a focus, so let's just play into that and you see how it works Just out. don't rock the boat. That fucker poked his eye. I didn't want that to happen. Oh, God. And then, like, uh, again, he said, like, the episode kind of goes on because what ends up happening is Jonathan kind of has the last of it and then actually almost beat the shit out of Dio completely to like a pulp but then obviously his father George intervenes and Dio's like hmm I need to be smarter about this and it's like I know I'm gonna do a 180 and pretend to be his friend from this point on because I'm just a troubled youth and Jonathan kind of gets it like buys it yeah that is one thing I actually like completely threw me off guard is the very beginning of episode two when they're like presented as like best friends and teammates on the rugby like, field seven years later they've been getting together swimmingly yeah it's just like Ah, uh, no, they definitely haven't, but alright, sure. And, like, part of me knowing nothing about the show is like, maybe the story is about the two of them working together to fight paranormal evil. And then by the end of the episode, I was like, nope, it's not the two of them working yeah, together. Yeah, because in that initial fight, they both end up finding out about the mask. that, And then they both kind of research it in their own way. Where Jonathan's more of like the, hmm, I'm going to look at this in a scientific way and try some experiments. And Dio's like, hmm, hey, wear this. Yeah, yeah. Dio's like, hey, blood got off this, got on this, and spikes came out. I'm gonna kill Jonathan with it. Yeah, absolutely. Because no one's gonna be able to trace this back to me. I did really enjoy that whole, like, process, though, because it didn't start off with Dio having a fully-fledged plan and working from that. It was, he was gonna poison fucking the father and then collect the inheritance yeah, by like, weaseling his, Jonathan out of it. Yeah, his whole plan was to pretend to be the nice guy, which was what he was doing for the seven years, to be the one to claim the inheritance. Yes. But then, so, Jonathan finds out about it, finds the poison that he's been giving to the father, and Dio immediately, like, does 180. He's like, alright, so we're no longer friends. How the fuck do I take advantage of this? I gotta kill him before he comes back. Because he's going to the, he's going to get the poison analyzed and go to the police to get Dio yeah, arrested. Yeah, he's going to meet uh, the person who sold it, which is Wang Chen. Uh, but there's one thing I feel like we just kind of brushed past a little too quickly, and that's Jonah got fucking jacked in the seven years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they The did. two of them are fucking ripped. They start off with normal human proportions, and then they get Atlas-level physique. Yeah, they're both just mountains of muscle at this point. <laughs> and they're just teenagers. They're still in school. Yeah, it's it's almost like Jonathan doesn't, his like mentality doesn't fit with his body at all. He's like, I'm just a normal little schoolboy. Rips door off handle. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the thing I really like is how you can see Dio's plan evolve. So we've already discussed how he changes from just collecting the inheritance to now I have to kill uh, Jonathan. And he plans on killing him with the mask because obviously no one can know that the mask is what killed him. So how will they ever figure out that it was me who killed him with the mask? Exactly. There's no way they can tell that uh, me, the person who was near him at the time of death, who probably left some evidence around the room, but they can't find the murder weapon. So I'm innocent. Yes. Of course, it's a flawless plan. Uh, then he goes out to the city to try and track down Jonathan. Can't manage to track him down, but finds like a fucking homeless man. He's like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to test it right now. Shoves it on his face. Buddy becomes a fucking vampire. 
almost fucking murders the shit out of Dio, which would have been an amazing twist is if Dio just dies off episode two and now it's about this random homeless man. <laughs> uh, but no, he's killed by the rising sun. And once again, Dio pulls a fucking 180. He's like, I'm not going to kill Jojo with the mask. I'm going to find a way to get Jojo to kill me with the mask. Well, no, and no, no, that'll no. win. <laughs> That's not exactly correct. He's like, hmm, I'm still going to kill Jojo with this mask. Yes, but he's going to use the mask on himself mm-hmm. to become the supreme being and yeah. ruler of the world. And then, uh, while this is also going on, Jojo's like, I'm going to go find the poison. And then he ends up meeting what might be the best character in this whole first part. The name is- alone is what makes him the fucking best. Mr. Robert E.O. Speedwagon. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you need us to literally spell it out for you? His name is R.E.O. Speedwagon. Now, uh, Rocky like really likes music, and almost everything in this is a music reference of some sort. Yes. So it, it, some of them are pretty obvious, some of them are not so obvious. Doesn't really affect much. You, you'll just every self go, ah, oh, I get it. But doesn't ruin the story in any way. Now... The fun thing about uh, Robert Speedwagon is that specifically he leads like a gang of thugs and they're beating the shit out of Jonathan. And he, this is when he finds it. It's like, oh, I have a sharp hat. He throws it at him. Yeah, he's got a fucking odd job hat. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And then uh, the whole thing that stops the fight is the fact that Jonathan takes the hat to the arm. And then he's like, hmm, this guy's got some resolve. He's fighting for his family. And then he realizes like, all of his gang isn't hurt. And he's like, hmm, this man's a family man. Yeah, because he notices not only is his gang kind of getting the shit kicked out of them while Jojo's just, like, taking hits like a champ, but also Jojo is specifically going out of his way not to physically injure any of the people he's fighting. He's just incapacitating them. And then Ariel, or Robert calls him out on it. He's like, what's this all about? And he's like, I assume you have families who are waiting for you to come home. I'm not going to fucking ruin their lives just because you chose to attack me. Well, I'm trying to save my father. He's like, that's a good man. I'm working for you now. Yeah, we're best friends now. I work for you now. <laughs> Lord Joestar. And Jonathan's just like, eh, okay. You can follow if you want, I guess. And it fucking pays off dividends. Like, later on, Dio confronts fucking Jonathan. And he's like, I've seen the error of my ways. I'm going to turn myself into the police. <laughs> and I just need you to be the one who hands me in. And like... Jonathan starts leading in, and Ariel's like, ah, 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 we're also getting Dio's model. He's like, yes, just a bit closer, and I can put this mask on him, instantly killing him. Yeah, and Ariel's just like, ah, 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 I've been around the streets once or twice. You're being fucking Tom fooled right now. Let me tell you all about this jig that's going on right now. <laughs> I recognize evil being one myself, but I'm good now, right? Oh, uh, it's fantastic. So, then we end up having... Through shenanigans, for lack of a better term, Dio ends up murdering George Joestar, who's Jonathan's father, using the blood to turn himself into a vampire. Because yeah, he kind of gets cornered in the situation, so that's the only option he yeah, has the left. police are all there with the guns ready, and they're going to shoot at him. And he gives... Well, going back a little bit, Dio is kind of just a mean machine at this point. Yes. Uh, with two iconic lines of, uh, you thought your first kiss would be Jonathan Joestar, but it was me, Dio! Dio! That's funny. Yeah, on that note, I found it kind of funny that the only person to stand up to Dio Arena. in the first bit was Irina. Yeah, yeah. Was... It, it, to be fair, that's a pretty good part where he kisses her and then she starts like just drinking mud water. He's, he's like, like, I don't want you in my mouth. I'd rather have mud water. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then like his two henchmen are like laughing at this. He's like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> 
He's just, all of his problems seem to be people doing things that don't meet with their class around him. Not because they're doing it, but because of what they're doing. Yeah. How dare you drink mud water? You're better than this. The best part about that is Jonathan doesn't even stand up to Dio at this part, but fucking Arena does. Yeah. And then at this point, when he puts the mask on, he's like, Jojo, I respect, uh, I reject my humanity and turns himself into a vampire. So yes, turns into a vampire, yada, 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 the host burns down into flames and Jojo ends up fucking fighting him, deciding if I let him go tonight, no, there's no telling what havoc he'll wreak upon the world. Ends up fighting fucking Dio in the host, clearly fucking outmatched at every step as it's burning down around him. Yes. And this is a fucking wild fight. Yeah. The fight's fucking spectacular because even Jojo like starts off with a plan of like, all right, I just, I'm going to burn you to the ground with the building. Sees that he's regenerating, like, as quickly as the fire's hurting him. He's like, fuck, what do I do now? And then just tackles him and just starts fucking fisticuffing with a fucking vampire. Or the falling fight part that, like, lasts for way too long for how big this house is. Yeah, they're falling from, like, the roof of, like, the third floor. Yeah, third and, or fourth floor. And they fall for, like, five to ten minutes. It's like the whole Dragon Ball Z thing. I'm gonna blow up this planet in five minutes. Seven episodes later. And then there's the fake of like he punches into the wall. It's like, now you're gonna fall. It's like, I grabbed your leg. It's like, oh, we're both falling now. What are we? And then through the magic of Jonathan Joestar's knowledge of the host that he lives in, he kicks off the wall and impales fucking Dio on a statue. It's great. He pretty much just body slams him into a spike. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anyways, time passes. He escapes only to be confronted by a mysterious man who informs him that Dio's absolutely not dead. There's no way he can kill him at his current stance. And there's another scene as before this that I need to address too that I, I just enjoy because it's kind of funny where uh, at this point Jonathan, who had a house fall on him, was punched to shit out of by a vampire and was also on fire for a good chunk of this. He's recovering in the hospital and Arena's taking care of him. But there's a part here where uh, Speedwagon is coming to take care of Jonathan. He looks at the room and he's like, huh, guess he doesn't need me then. Yeah. She can provide a lot more for you than I ever could. He just kind of walks away into the night. Yeah, Yeah, and then fucking even during this fucking moment, she's taking care of him. She fucking trips because she's been taking care of him for a couple days straight. And he like reaches out his arm and catches her. And she's like, you've broken the bones of that arm to dust. And he's like, oh, but I'd rather catch you. And he's like, no, that's not how fucking arms work. Because yeah, I mean, she specifically, it's like, it's shattered. Like, that arm is shattered. Like, there's, there's pretty much not a bone in that arm anymore. But he's just catches, like, are you making this up? Are, are you actually hurt? But no. You just want to nap somewhere and you don't have a house anymore? The clear explanation is, for the viewers at home, he has so many muscles that his muscles are supporting his other muscles rather than needing a skeletal structure at all. It's like that scene in Fast and the Furious where the rock flexes off a cast. I just assume Jonathan flexed his arm back into place. Yeah. He reformed the bone by flexing. Snapped all the bones back into position. His bones are actually stronger now because his muscles compressed his bones so tightly they're now made of fucking diamond. (laughs) And diamond is unbreakable. (laughs) I was waiting for it. (laughs) All right. Uh, so yes, we get introduced to Baron Von Zeppeli, uh, or just Baron Zeppeli, I don't think there's a Vaughn there, but there might be, I don't know, it's been a while, uh, who informs Jojo that if he wants to defeat Dio, the only way that's possible is through harnessing the natural power of life known as Hamon. And he exemplifies this by, uh, I think, healing his arm and then faking out that he murdered a frog. Yeah, he punches a frog... 
breaks the rock that the frog is sitting on, and the frog swims away unharmed. Well, also, he doesn't just, like, heal his arm. He knocks the fucking wind out of Jojo, and Jojo's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, ah, but your arm's better now. He's like, oh, shit, it oh, is. This? I was doing this already. <laughs> My arm was always fine. <laughs> there was no issue with his arm. Didn't you see earlier when I caught Arena? It wasn't actually he wasn't actually hurt. It was just a mental thing, and just him knocking the wind out of him made him realize. Wait a second, I can move. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so yes, uh, we get a nice little training montage of JoJo learning Hamon, which is essentially like, like some lightning sort of... mixed with vibrations mixed with life. It's life energy through breathing that is all about flow. Which is... Yes, hmm. kind of like Demon Slayer if you think about it. In a sense. I choose not to. But Demon Slayer's new. True. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty much training for... Because uh, Zebelie's like, well, you thought you killed Dio, but Wang Chen saved Dio. And now Dio is building his force, essentially. And we need to stop him. He's making an army of vampires, and that is no good. Yeah. Exactly. So this changes from, uh, you know, kind of like a battle of cat and mouse between Dio and Jonathan schoolboys who try and outwit each other and possibly kill the father or not into a pretty much Castlevania. Yeah. Uh, we get a fucking awesome scene where they get trapped in a tunnel and it's Jojo's first time fighting against one of the... Jack the Ripper? Th- uh, yes, Jack the Ripper, but as it's his first time fighting against any of the thralls of Dio. And fucking Zeppeli is just like, here's a glass filled to the brim with wine... If you spill a drop, I'm never talking to you again. Go kill this fucking vampire. Again, like, it's just like Zephyr is just fucking with Jonathan <laughs> constantly. And Aryo even, like, calls him out after Jonathan walks away. He's like, that's an impossible task. What the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, if he can't do this, then there's no point in training him. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Zeppeli? I had barely seen any training whatsoever. <laughs> he just told him to breathe. That's all it's been. But yeah, so, like, it's their team to go to this town to stop Dio, which pretty much right out of Castlevania is Jonathan, Zeppeli, and they bring her along Speedwagon, who has exemplified no ability to fight anything at this point except throwing a sharp hat. Yeah. yeah, but that does show that he does have fighting experience. So that begs the question, why didn't Zeppeli even bother to try teaching him anything about him? I him? believe he specifically, like, called out the fact that Hamon's takes various specific skill sets to be able to perform and oh, that and Speedwagon just is incapable. No, it wasn't that he was incapable. It's just because... Uh, no, he didn't have the muscle mass? No, it was Jonathan was a natural, so he was able to teach him That's the time frame. That's what it Because he explains like, oh, as I do it, and the first time Jonathan ever uses it, he brings a tree to life. Yes. And there was... Yes, because he's not even trying to use it. He's just like holding a tree branch and starts blooming. Yeah, so because Jonathan could pick it up so quickly... He was able to train him in the time frame they needed, but he wouldn't be able to train Speedwagon. And hypothetically, Jonathan would not be able to train Speedwagon. Yes, I believe it's not addressed in Phantom Blood, but I believe it's briefly addressed in Battle Tendencies that Speedwagon mentions that he tried and he just just was unable to master Hamon. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so yes, the two Hamon users and the helpful sidekick who's mostly there to provide color commentary. Uh, well, he's got two important things that are going to happen, and we'll address that when we get to because yes. they're two of my favorite things. Yes. Uh, so yes, they go into the town to try and defeat Dio finally. Finally? Finally is not the right word. Whatever. Definitively? Sure. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, then the most elaborate pickpocketing trick. Jesus. So Dio mind controls a child, it, Paco, into pickpocketing. Is it Jojo he pickpockets? Yeah. Yeah, he pickpockets Jojo and then starts scaling a fucking cliff. No, he didn't even like address how we pickpocket because he slingshots past Jojo. Yeah. yeah, he's like on a tree and goes flying past at like supersonic speeds, but now has Jojo's shit and starts scaling a fucking cliff. They walk across water to catch up to him because it's the fastest way to get there, obviously. And then they're like thinking about chasing after him and then Zeppelin's just like, no, 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 use him on. And fucking Jojo just punches the wall, and then the kid gets shockwaved off of a cliff from like forty fucking feet up. Yeah, and the kid like then has no memory of what happened. Then they realize, wait a second, it's almost nightfall. Oh shit, we're in a graveyard. And then bam, there's Dio stopping on top of a uh, a cliffside, posing once again. Yeah, yeah. The Jojo poses, and this is where we get probably one of the. I don't know if it was just it didn't translate well, but they just said fuck it, we're gonna keep it. But they they have the back and forth. And Jojo's like, how many people have you killed? And he's like, how many breads have you ate? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I can know what you're getting at, but I don't know if that's, like, is that the plural of bread? I don't think so. Probably just how much bread have you eaten? How, how many, many breads have loaves you? have you eaten? Loaves of bread or how many slices of bread? <laughs> they didn't have sliced bread. Yeah, best thing since sliced bread. Sliced bread is only like in the past decade. Fair Matt. enough, fair enough. Just how many breads have you eaten? <laughs> How many breads have you eaten? Uh, to which the answer is two. You've eaten two breads and Dio has killed exactly two people. That's good. It hasn't gotten too serious. Yes. Uh, and definitely not the whole village. Definitely not the whole village. But, like, five people aren't? Maybe? Because this village is pretty much people that don't know there's vampires, vampires, and the vampires hitting in everyday objects. Yes. So it's a Castlevania game. Again. Yeah, absolutely. Huh, okay. It's just clearly fucking Castlevania. Uh, so yeah, fight in the graveyard where Jojo now has to fight against, what are the Tusker uh, and... Bruford and Targus. Bruford and Targus. Uh, two legendary knights who died trying to protect the queen, and we later learned their sacrifice was in vain, and she was still fucking murdered. Yeah, she was killed already by the time they surrendered to save her, and then they were killed, and they cursed the living, and then, because of that, they were able to come back with Dio's powers, and the... Super badass knights who have hair power slash big old muscles. Yeah. So first Jonathan has to fight Bruford. Yes. Uh, and he ends up fighting him underwater. And he has a whole moment realization of, if I try and swim for the surface, Bruford will catch me. And we have one of those classic anime moments of, he decides, fuck that, I'm going to swim to the bottom. And Bruford's just like, oh, you're doing the thing I didn't expect you to do. Have you given up already? And it's just like, you're no, he's... <laughs> Clearly doing something. <laughs> and Jojo like, fuck, I've seen Sonic. I know how this shit works. There's going to be a bubble underwater somewhere. Dun, 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 dun. Moves a rock, finds a bubble, inhales, and kicks the shit out of Bruford. Manages to launch him out of the water, fights him above water. He's able to breathe out of this bubble, which gives him the ability to use his hominin and blast him. Yeah. Uh, and that's even one of the fun moments is Bruford's like, oh, you may be able to breathe while we're underwater. And he's like, yeah, water's like super good at transferring hominin energy. You've you're in my fucking land now. You thought you were in control. <laughs> it's like this he was coming my up territory. the last second. It's like, no, no, Hobbin does work through water really well. Yeah. It's just the issue of getting a breath. But if he gets that one breath, he's golden. So, ends up killing Bruford and kind of, before he kills him, he actually stops and decides to, like, give Bruford a moment for redemption. 
which Bruford absolutely fucking takes, and hands over his sword Luck, but just first adds a little bloody pee to it to name it Pluck. That's the what you need to defeat a vampire, apparently. It's just good old-fashioned Pluck. I think Luck would have been a little bit more useful, honestly, than Pluck. Yeah, probably. Also, I don't remember well, but I don't think the sword really comes into play much after No, this. it's no. literally never addressed like, again. Well, doesn't Joseph use it, or doesn't Jonathan use it to cut Dio in half, which doesn't work? Yes, he because he realizes they can't come in contact. Alright, this is jumping way ahead, but when they're fighting with Dio, Dio's mastered his power over the human body so well that anytime someone tries to punch him to transfer Halmon into him, he super cools his body and freezes them. Mm-hmm. So they have no way of physically transferring Hamon into him. And then he ends up using pluck and luck to transfer Hamon through the metal into Dio. So that he can actually use Hamon on him. Yeah, so it's just not used until this fight at the end. Yes. But then, yeah, he has to fight Tarkas afterwards. Who Tarkas just kind of destroys Bluford. He's like, ah, oh, he was weak. I'm not going to be so friendly. And they end up having their fight. And Tarkas is just way more powerful than Bruford, apparently. Now, I want to point out something, because one of the great Speedwagon moments also happens during this, where uh, Jonathan and Zeppeli both go after Dio, and then this is where they first find out about the freezing thing. And Zeppeli's like, oh no, I can't do anything because my arm's frozen. And Dio, uh, Speedwagon's like, don't worry, I have a special power. And he lifts up his shirt and puts his hand in, it's like, it's gonna warm up now! <laughs> and the best part is, fucking Zeppeli took this one, he's like, no, it's gonna be too cold for you! And Zeppeli's like, or not definitely. Speedy Records like, I may not be able to fight, but I can do this for you. And it's just like, causes no lasting damage to Speedwagon. I don't know what the fucking concern was of him making a great sacrifice there. The whole thing we learned is that he can grill a steak on his abs. Yeah. He's got a body of sweet fire. <laughs> so yes, in the fight with Tarkas, shit fucking goes down. Tarkas ends up mur- So, Tarkas traps fucking, uh, Jonathan in a dueling arena, essentially. Which they got to with leaf glider. Yeah, a leaf hang glider in the shape of a big leaf, if I remember That was correctly. held together with ham on. Yep. Uh, so they get to this dueling arena. Uh, Tarkus manages to trap Jonathan in there with him and then wraps a chain around, not a chain, but like a neck thing, collar, a collar around him. So that neither one can escape without killing the other one first. And then the other three are just hopefully... Oh, by other three, I mean Speedwagon and Zeppeli. And of course, Paco, everyone's favorite character. Yeah. Are watching from the outside as helplessly as possible. And they're like, we have to get inside to help Jonathan because he's choking from the collar and can't properly use his on. And Paco's like, I know what to do. I'm going to climb through that fucking window. And everyone's like, no, don't do it, Paco. It's crazy. And Paco does it anyways. Fine, like a fucking champ, and opens the door, and Zeppeli runs in to help out, and fucking dies horrifically. Well, the thing they forget to mention is Zeppeli's like, we get this whole flashback. He's like, you're gonna die at this point when this exact thing's happened to this order. And he's looking at, it, he's like, shit, this is it, isn't it? Yeah, he's looking around. He's like, this is exactly the moment that was described to me. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Fucking dies, but in his dying breath, transfers all of his hamon. To Jonathan so that Jonathan can murder the shit out of Tarkus. Also, it is not a peaceful death. He gets ripped in half by chains. Tarkus dies. After Tarkus, like, finishes dying, Jonathan goes over to Zeppeli, who's still in the process of dying. It's like, how fucking long does it take a guy to fucking die? Now, I want to point at this point, too. Jonathan's neck was broken by Tarkus. Yep. 
<laughs> Darkus breaks his neck and Zip was like, I'm gonna save him, and then gets ripped in half, and he just touches Jonathan, and then Jonathan's back up is like, I'm fine again. Targus fucking I flexed my neck back into place. Yeah, he used his supreme muscles, which we already know are capable of fixing his bones, apparently. Yeah. To fix his neck as well. Oh my god, like even just recounting the first half of this fucking season, I'm already like, there's no way this is how nope, yep, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. And then Jonathan ends up just demolishing Tarkus at this point. Yeah. Because uh, all he needed was a Krillin in his life. Yeah. And he ends up using the chain that is connecting the two of them together to transfer the Hamon into Tarkus, which why the fuck didn't he do that beforehand? But whatever, let's not worry about it too much. Um, and then, yeah, he goes over to Zeppeli, who was ripped in half and killed before Tarkus. Like, by a good chunk of time before Tarkus died. And then Jonathan takes some last-minute wisdom, and Speedwagon takes his hat. Exactly. And but why does Speedwagon take his hat? That's the other question, because... It's a cool hat. Speedwagon already had a hat, and his hat could be used as a weapon, yeah. and Zeppelis can't. Exactly. There's no blades in Zeppelis hat. It's a safer hat. It's not a hat to throw, either. He doesn't fight anymore. Speedwagon doesn't do any more fighting. He has no need for a weapon anymore. He just gets real into science. Later. Later, he Much gets later. real into science. <laughs> like, 40 years later, he gets real into science. Gotta try to explain all this weird shit I've been seeing. <laughs> Doesn't even try to address the fact that he can superheat people's arms. I'm not the weird one. Everyone else is the fucking weird he one. Just get, honestly, if you look at his plot line going forward, he just gets really obsessed with how do I stop vampires. Yeah. Which, I mean, fair after seeing what damage a single fucking vampire does. Reasonable that if there's more, he wants to know exactly how to fucking murder the shit out of them. Uh, now, yeah, at this point, they're heading to the village finally. And this is where we're introduced to Dyer... Street Sue and Tom Petty. Yeah. The three uh, amigos, as I'll call them, of <laughs> Zeppeli, who are like, yeah, Zeppeli trained with us. You may have lost him, but you got three even more powerful Hyalmon users to help you now. Well, well, Dyer tries to fight him first. Yeah. And he does like the whole splits thing. His secret move he was saving for just you, essentially. Yeah. Where he kicks, and then when you block his kick, he splits in midair and then punches you, and it's great. Perfect attack. Yeah. Unblockable, I believe Jonathan <laughs> refers to that. Oh no! He stopped my attack, and now he's attacking me! Oh my god! <laughs> oh god. But yeah, there's this little fight. He punched Jonathan in the face. He's like, we're teammates, actually. Yeah. Zippoli knew he was going to die, but he figured it out while he was in the chamber. But he sent us a message in advance. We also get a moment... A little bit later on, I, I actually might be happening concurrently, uh, where we see Dio interacting with a mother and daughter, and they're surrounded by his vampires, and he's like, we're gonna fucking kill you. And she's like, no, don't, not my baby. And he's like, I'll tell you what, if you, willing, you willingly turn yourself over to us, I promise me and none of my followers will hurt your baby. And she's like, all right, fine. Well, that sounds it. like a good deal. And she turns, and then she immediately kills her own baby, and Dio's like... I didn't say you wouldn't hurt your baby. She's like, of oh, fucking course that's what happens. Why didn't I look at the fine print? <laughs> or that fucking dog with a man face. Oh, oh that's so upsetting. No. I did not want to remember that, guys. I did not want to remember that. Dio experiments with some weird shit. And as you can tell, he immediately fucking regrets this because it never comes up again. Yeah. He is... Clearly not a fan of dogs, but is also even less of a fan of dogs with people faces. <laughs> but yeah, essentially he has Paco's sister, 
Yes. And, and that's why he's there. Yeah. And so that's why they kind of work together. And he's like, I'll show you guys where everything is, but you need to help save my sister because she was taken. So they go to fight Dia. Which is like weird because they were obviously already going to fight Dia. They didn't need new motivation to but fight Dia. But now there's stakes. But now there's motivation to go fight Dia. And honestly, there wasn't really like an army or anything to go through. They just kind of show like they jump from the roof and fight Dia. Well, I feel like there's like a couple yeah, of couple. the zombies first, like between them and Dia. And then they walk into the room. And then all of a sudden there's this army of zombies to take advantage of the other three, so it has to be Jonathan versus Dio. Well, no, 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 it's not Jonathan versus Dio because they're like, let's fight him, and everyone takes a fighting pose, and then Dyer's like, nah, I got this. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Dyer fights him first. Dyer is not at all prepared for the ice powers that we've already learned <laughs> about. I mean, Dio also wasn't prepared for Dyer's special move, because he does the whole move, and he's like, huh, now for my unblockable attack. Oh god, I'm freezing to death. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where, like, Jonathan and uh, Speedwagon did not warn Dyer about this beforehand. Yeah, like, they clearly knew about it. Speedwagon was intimately aware of how dangerous it was because he had to use his fire abs to save Zeppeli. And yet, neither one of them thought to be like, oh, by the way, Hamon uses, don't come in physical contact with Dio. It's gonna be real bad for you. To the point where, like, Dyer uses his move. And Jonathan's like, yes, it's over. He's using the unblockable move. He's going to win. Oh, right, that thing that we saw happen, like, half an hour ago. Fuck. And Dio immediately shatters his body from the neck down. Yeah. And that's important because his head lands in flowers and still continues to talk for a bit. And uses his super special flower homon attack against him, too. Yeah, to hit Dio in the eye. Which is also important because that's what gives Jonathan the idea of, like, we not might not be able to touch uh, Dio but we can use other things to transfer Hamon to him. Plus yeah. sword. So everyone kind of like, oh, we're going to fight the vampires. And Jonathan, you deal with Dio. Because Dyer, who is this well-trained for years person, to, for this exact reason, immediately died. Whereas you, who've been training for like a week or so now, you've got much better chances. I mean, but damn, him. he did punch the shit out of this vampire like three months ago. That's <laughs> true, he did. So... Fight, fight, fight. Kill, kill, kill. Cut in half. He puts himself back together. He realizes there's nothing he can do. Uh, ends up decapitating Dio, only to find out that Dio has the power to shoot lasers from his eyes. Yeah. Because fucking of well, course he can. To be fair, it's not lasers. It's highly pressurized blood streams. I did not know that and was happier <laughs> not knowing Yeah, that. he pressurizes the blood in his body and can shoot it. Oh, raises his eyes. But that raises another question with something will happen later, but I'll get to it when we get to it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I already know what you're talking about, the questions that it raises. <laughs> uh, but he fucking destroys the tower, uh, and the cool and the gang, Jonathan and friends, finish killing off all the zombies, and then destroy the mask and are happy that they've killed Dio and all's well in the world. Yeah, and uh, this ends by throwing Dio off of a balcony. And he apparently disintegrates as he falls. Well, yeah, because they throw him into the sunshine. Yeah. Uh, and Dio definitely doesn't deca or like separate his head from his body in order to protect himself. No, not at all. And That's Wang Chen, who is the other zombie they haven't, not zombie, a vampire they haven't seen, is definitely not there to pick him up. Definitely not. That'd be crazy. So anyways, Jonathan marries Arena and is like, hey, let's take a boat over to america and have some fun times there but they already had fun times because guess what arena's pregnant and jonathan isn't aware at this point or is aware 
I feel like he's not initially aware and he finds out on the ship that she's pregnant. Yeah, but everyone comes mm-hmm. to say goodbye to them as they're going on their trip. And Speedwagon's like, oh, I'd come with Master, but he's got the lady and don't need me. As we already know, Arena's much better than Speedwagon at literally everything. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> she can't warm up by people like that. I don't know. She might be able to. We haven't seen whether or not she has those skills. And I'd rather not see the scenes where she does reveal <laughs> those skills. Uh, so yes, they're on the ship. When all of a sudden Jonathan sees Wang Chung in the background. And he's like, oh no. I've got to kill the zombie. But still definitely can't tell Arena anything that's going on. Yeah. Or why. Just like tell her to go to her <laughs> room. Or like, hey, there might be vampires on this boat. So you might want to lock your door. Get some garlic. <laughs> well, I also got the impression that he hasn't told her anything about the vampires or zombies up to <laughs> yeah. this point, so she's just kind of, like, in the dark about the whole shit that went All down. All she knows is she, he went away one day with Zeppeli and Speedwagon, came back with only Speedwagon, who had Zeppeli's hat, <laughs> and and he was friends with this man named Straitsum. Yeah. Uh, so, they tells her to go lock herself in a room, and she's immediately like, ah, oh, something's wrong with Jonathan. I should go follow him and see what's up. Now, the party guests also just start turning into vampires at this point. Yes, because... <laughs> Wang Chung has slowly been turning every single person except for Arena and Jonathan. Well, it was the wine, wasn't it? That maybe I missed I that so. detail. And for some reason, like Arena couldn't drink because she was pregnant. But like, why did Jonathan not drink? Because he's a fine, upstanding gentleman. Ah, that's fair. He wouldn't drink around his pregnant wife, who he may or may not know is pregnant. <laughs> so yes, uh, ends up discovering Dio's severed head, which is still definitely alive and talking and yeah in a coffin that's on the boat yeah that says dio on the side of it and the coffin's super significant because it's indestructible and that's how he plans on surviving even if the ship goes down he's just gonna bunker down inside his own coffin yeah so he has this kind of standoff with jonathan and this is where the thing happens where i'm like because mm, he does his eye laser thing again which is again the blood in his body but he's just a head how much blood is yeah. in his head because he fires this thing off a few times there's also a moment where, like, we get a really cool moment where Dia's like, I need a body to attach my head to, and there's no one I respect and nearly as much as you, Jojo. Your body is going to be my body as a sign of ultimate respect. And then he shoots, like, tentacles out of his neck in the form of, like, veins and shit to, like, grapple Jojo. And then Jojo manages to power Hamon into one of the zombies and get it to break the engine? Yeah, he kind of like powers it, then throws it over to the engine, and it builds up the energy and explodes, taking out the engine, which his wife is on. Yeah, and then he tells her, like, just be safe, be alive, and then... Get in the coffin. Well, there's the lady with the baby, too, and he's like, oh, yeah. you gotta get out of here, and all that stuff. And while he's there, like, got the holes to him, and he's holding Dio's head, and he was like, wait, what if we work together? Head and Jonathan? Come on? And Jonathan's just like, dead? Like, I'm gonna die with you in my arms. Even while dead, strong enough to fully fucking restrain Dio. <laughs> the floating head of Dio. Yeah. Uh, and then Arena gets into the pod. Or the cl- coffin. coffin. Closes it inside. Uh, and then ends up raising two sweet young children. The random baby that she found on the strip, whose name is Lisa Lisa or Elizabeth something or other. And her own son, something Joestar. I don't George Joestar the second. Yes, George the second. So that's the plot of Phantom Blood. It's quite the journey, honestly. It is. I, I already mentioned it, but like, definitely, if you don't know anything about JoJo and you start this, 
you go on a wild ride from what this starts out as. Because it seems like it's going to be one of those, like, kind of, like, Sherlock Holmes-esque, like, mystery type things. Where it's, like, the cat and mouse game. So, like, oh, Jonathan's supposed to be the Sherlock character. And Dio's supposed to be the Moriarty character. But it definitely does not play out that way. It immediately turns into, guess what? Vampires and magical masks. Yeah, it definitely, like, you feel like the story's going to be a lot of Jonathan fighting against Dio. But, like, through completely mundane roots... And, like, Jonathan trying to uncover this web of lies that Dio's built. Nope, that's not what happens. And then even going into it, like, you know there's several seasons of this show, and you're like, alright, I can kind of see how this is building up. <laughs> Man, I'm really getting attached to this Jonathan character. I would love to see what happens to him in season 7. <laughs> Dead, like, halfway through the final episode. Yeah, he dies yeah. at the end of part 1, and he, in the anime specifically, he dies, like, 3 or 4 episodes into season 1. Because Battle Tendency Part 2 is part of Season 1 as well. Yeah. But season 1 was like 23-ish episodes, and I think Fan of Blood stopped I think it was, on Episode 9. Yeah, I think it was 9 or 10 episodes, so I think yeah. it was... So he died on the ninth episode. Chapter 1 of the JoJo's series. All of that happens in 9 episodes. Yeah, so it, it starts off with a strong foundation for the characters. You're like, okay, this is very going to be a very character concentric conflict they're going to go back and forth and on all of a sudden just the train spirals out of control it just goes head on down the tracks yeah so you very quickly start off with just like a dick of a kid versus like the sweet english gentleman into oh oh vampires are real in this world and stone masks are how you get vampires okay cool oh there's a magic power that's used to defeat vampires and it's based entirely on breathing Okay, cool. I can't wait to see how these characters develop. Oh, they're dead. Okay. And then it ends with a vampire man fighting clearly what seems to be a giant who is trying to hide inside a small child's body. Yes. Uh, a giant whose muscles are strong enough that his bones are incapable of breaking, even when they clearly break. Man, this show's a fucking wild ride. Yeah, and the craziness of season one, or part one specifically, really kind of sets you up for you should not have expectations of what this could go in any direction. Yeah, if you have expectations going into part two... Throw them out the window. Just well, do also, what the fuck is wrong with you that you think you've figured out the show at this point? <laughs> Hell, I think Araki, who's been doing this for eight parts already, has no goddamn idea what the point is. The, like, the thing that I love is... I, so I haven't started watching part three. But I've unintentionally stumbled across fucking spoilers while doing research for this episode. And also just all the memes out there. And part two, like by the end of it, you have very strong assumptions about the world. And you're like, alright, so this is the world they've built. And from what I understand, they immediately throw every single bit of that out the fucking window. And they're like, nope, completely new mechanics in the world now that you have to start to wrap your head around. Kind of. Fuck everything you already learned. There, JoJo series does have shakeups like that between parts, but it also does a pretty good job of almost setting up parts for you uh, at the end. For example, when this part ends, it has the flash forward of like, oh, and the Joe Star story does continue, but that's with Joseph, uh, the young John, uh, Joe Star that is the grandson of Jonathan, and he's in America. So speaking of which, I think it's time we address that. While the Joe Star story does continue, so does our podcast story about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, so we've already decided that we're going to release kind of mini episodes going forward. 
this is something we've been in the works on for a while now. We decided the logical first step is to talk about the different arcs of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in our little mini episode format. I want to call them Wimpy Bites because our episode's called Wimpa, but I don't know that the others are on board yet, so... We'll figure something out. We'll figure it out. I mean, I'm on board with it, but as uh, Keith pointed out earlier, it doesn't really fit JoJo. JoJo's not wimpy at all. I acknowledge that. JoJo doesn't have to be wimpy. The bites are what's wimpy. The show is super fucking masculine. It's too big. That's why (laughs) we have to fit it into the little bites. Exactly. Uh, We're too wimpy to take it on in big bites. We have to take it on in small bites. We want to do it justice, but also eat it properly, I guess. Exactly. Uh, Now, I do have some questions for you guys. Now, I already mentioned that I kind of, like, my probably my favorite line in this is the how many breads have eaten. Or is there anything in this that, like, kind of just caught you off guard and you really enjoyed because it was so stupid? Uh, my favorite standout moment is when uh, Speedwagon breaks the mask. Because it's in such a stylish pose with a sledgehammer. One hand tipping the hat of Zapelli and the other just bringing down the sledgehammer so nonchalantly on the stone mask, which he just laid on a rock. My favorite moment is, I already mentioned it, during the podcast, I didn't specifically call it out as my favorite moment, but it's when Zeppeli tells Jonathan to go fight his first vampire while holding a glass of wine filled to the brim and not to spill a single fucking drop or else he's done. That moment was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Zeppeli? I fucking loved it. That was <laughs> that was the moment that sold me on the show. Yeah, Zeppeli is a pretty fun one. <laughs> yeah. And then he finally he abandoned his whole family to go do yeah. this. Well, fucking Hamon's a dangerous lifestyle, apparently. Also, the stone masks are bad. Yeah. I mean, they make vampires. I don't know why I said that like it was a question. The stone masks are bad. Well, it's more how they're used, I guess. But if they turn you into a bad vampire with no option of being a good vampire, then I guess it's bad. Well, also... This is getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but the purpose with which they were created, I believe, makes them pretty bad. That's yes. also true. Yeah, there was also like a lot of the weird stuff. For example, just Jonathan, even when in full body cast, still moving around and perfectly fine with his bones. Yeah, like using his arm to catch a falling woman, and immediately the show calling out the fact that like you can't do that. Your arm is shattered. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Jost. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Have you seen my rippling pectorals? Actually, I can't. I don't think he can see his pectorals through his muscle. He's got muscle on top of muscle. It's true. He's got fake muscles covering up real muscles. And real muscles covering up those. Yes. <laughs> also, uh, I just want to take a moment to... George Joestar is kind of cool, I guess. But he is a goddamn idiot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, even... So, first of all... Him not catching on to the fact that Dario was trying to rob him in the beginning. Him finding out that Dario robbed him by stealing shit and just being like, nah, it's cool, I gave it to him. Don't okay, worry. I'll give the first one to the possible concussion you had. Yeah. And then, like, from that point onwards, he even acknowledges the fact that he knew fucking Dio was evil and did fuck all about it and allowed him to torture his son. I believe he says some shit about, like, I hoped Dio would, like, be cured of his evil nature and I hoped that it would help strengthen up fucking JoJo. It's just like, no! 
If, like, you invite a kid into your home and he starts torturing your fucking child, maybe don't be cool with that. Set the kid straight. I mean, to be fair, George also just lays into Jonathan at the beginning, too. It's like, look at Dio. He eats like a proper person. You're just stuffing it in your mouth. Yeah, he fucking shits on Jojo the entire time. Man, I wish I had a son as good as Dio. If you're hoping... Dio didn't have to do shit and he would have won. Yeah. Like, literally... He didn't have to fucking poison George. If he had to just like waited until George died, George would have written in his fucking will. Dio gets everything. Also, anything that fucking Jonathan currently owns, I'm stealing from him and giving to Dio. Like his father tried to do to me. Yeah. <laughs> that last part's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to get a judge a look at this. Oh, God. Also, Dio's plan of just, I'm going to turn, like, the whole murdering him with the mask thing. Yeah. On top of the poisoning. <laughs> I'm gonna poison the father when I get caught for poisoning the father. And, like, he even... Like, he knows that fucking Jonathan said he was going into town to investigate the medicine. And fucking George is not allowed to accept medicine from anyone other than the butler. Because he wants to be absolutely sure. Like, that's already raising a lot of red flags. Yeah, like, Jonathan just gives Dio the heads up. like, hey... I know you're doing this. I'm going to catch you. <laughs> but like Dio's aware that George has been told that someone's been poisoning him. Jonathan's going into to town and to investigate it. And the person who's been hand delivering him medicine is no longer allowed to hand deliver him medicine because he believes there's poison. You think Dio would assume that George is capable of putting enough pieces together to figure out that Jonathan assumes Dio is the one who's been poisoning him. And Dio assumes, I'm going to go murder this kid, and no one's going to connect it back to me, because what motive do I have for murdering Jonathan? Uh, also, at the same time, too, when you think about it, Jonathan's only able to overcome his villain by having someone die. It's the Goku effect all over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because mm. first it's his father who dies that allows him to beat Dio. Dio. Uh, then... You could argue he doesn't have to have someone die, like, the first time he beats Dio, but he does have to have Arena fucking abandon him because... Dio poisoned that well, which is close to fuck enough. And then the final time... Dio he... killed his self-esteem, and that's what made him win the first one. <laughs> and then the final time he actually defeats Dio semi-permanently, it's because of the fact that his uh, Zeppeli dies. Not his Zeppeli, but his mentor Zeppeli And dies. the fact that he didn't kill Dio at the end is because well, no one died. Well, that he cared about. Straits died. But at the end then, Straits wasn't there on the boat. Oh, on the boat? Yeah, yes. on the boat. Wing Chen died. He John, doesn't care about my Jonathan. Jonathan died. Yeah, but... A lot of people died in that boat. Yeah. No one Jonathan cared about. It's Cuban to live. It was like, it's either somebody really cares about or a lot of people need to die. <laughs> and then even with uh, with uh, Tarkus, Zeppeli had to die. And for Blueford, Blueford had to die. Yeah. I also really enjoy you pointing out when Keith says that Jonathan died, you pointing out as a counter-argument... Nobody Jonathan cared about died. Jonathan fucking hates himself. Well, we got we got to that, and the first time he beat Dio, Dio killed his self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan does not like Jonathan. That's why he was smiling when he died. Yeah, he's like, oh, this fucker's gonna die, and he's not thinking about Dio <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good fucking anyway, show. What a, what a bizarre show. What a bizarre adventure we went on. This is just the beginning. Yep. This is just going to get even more bizarre and crazy the further and further we get. So, do you find gents have any recommendations for things for people to check out? Uh, 
I mean, going back to it, uh, Persona 4 Golden, definitely on the place uh, on the PC. Definitely should pick it up and play. It's a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew? I can stop anytime I want. No, you can't. We all know this. And anyway, I recommend uh, in uh, continuing the trend of anime, since this is an anime-focused ta- episode, I recommend the anime Hyoka. It's uh, set in a high school, focuses around high school students in a classics club. Main character is a self-titled energy conservationist, as in he will only do the things he absolutely has to, and if he doesn't have to do something... So he's lazy. To an extreme extent. Sure. <laughs> and then he's forced kind of out of his comfort zone by a very, very curious classmate. And there's like, a, there's a bunch of curious? Like that kind of curious? Uh, I, maybe? Okay, cool. Go on. <laughs> You've solved yeah. it. But anyway, there's lots of uh, kind of mystery. They're solving mysteries and problems and such. Lots of logical thinking in that. Really interesting. Nice. Uh, I'm also going to recommend an anime, because I'm cool and know about animes. Uh, I want to recommend a show called Haiku, or Haiku. I don't know how to pronounce it, so maybe I shouldn't be recommending it. <laughs> uh, but it's about a uh, high school volleyball team and their journey towards nationals. Uh, they're currently halfway through the fourth season, and the second half is supposed to start airing mid-July, whatever. Uh, but it's all about this one boy who's quite short uh, and watches and has never had much luck at sports because of that fact. But he watches a video of the Nationals when he's in junior high. And there's a short kid who's known as the Tiny Giant because he's amazing at volleyball and he's tiny. Uh, and but he can also grow in size, right? No. Um, not even a little. <laughs> And so this short kid uh, decides, Hinata, if you want a name, I guess, uh, decides that he's going to start playing volleyball because short people can be good at volleyball too. Uh, And so it's all about his kind of journey towards volleyball and realizing like he's very talented, but also there's still limits to what he can do. And it's quite an emotional story that's still fantastic to fucking watch. And you should catch the second half of the fourth season coming out soon-ish. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, now, another thing, just where we are going to be doing these shirt form episodes for the rest of the JoJo series, if you have any comments, questions, or anything specific you just want to talk about with JoJo that we'll discuss in the next episode, make sure to send us an email with those questions, and make sure to put in the subject title that it is for JoJo specifically. That way we can catch it and make sure we don't miss it. Yeah, if you throw into the subject line of the email JoJo, uh, then we'll make sure to... We guarantee it will be on the next episode as long as it's not before we record yeah, if you send us a question about the second arc after we release our episode on the third arc, we're not going to be able to answer your question about the second arc during that episode. But as long as you send your questions with JoJo, we'll try and make sure, as long as it's sent before we record the episode or even before we release the episode, we'll try and make sure we answer or address your question during the recording. Yeah, and we will be releasing them as bonus episodes, so they will not interrupt our normal release schedule. They're going to show up on the between weeks, and they're probably going to be much shorter, hopefully. Who fucking knows? We're not going to be doing a lot of stuff aside from just talking about JoJo. We're going to find out very soon whether or not these episodes are going to be shorter. When we started this, our plan was to not go over an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, You all know how that worked out. Uh, Also, no one to call out on Instagram yet. No one has figured out our podcast topic. Uh, 
as always, if you manage to figure it out before this episode goes live, we will call you out at the beginning of our next podcast in a fortnight. Now, we actually do have one call-out for this episode. It's true. We have a YouTube comment to call out. Our <laughs> comment was on our uh, Marvel Phase 4 video. Comes from the Pop Culture Hour. Uh, and his comment was, Damn, I hope so. Love some Phase 4. Keep up the content. Please check out our channel. Let's be friends. Uh, I don't know that I want more friends in my life. This is a tricky time to have friends. I don't know specifically what of our, like, two-hour podcast <laughs> that damn you're hoping I, for. Damn, do I hope so, too. I hope so, too. I hope that entire podcast is exactly how everything breaks down. I kind of don't, because then it would be kind of boring to watch. No, I hope so, because uh, what I'm really hoping is that Disney, and by extension Marvel, hears our podcast and just hires us to work on Phase 4, because they like our ideas so much. Damn, I hope so. Damn, I hope so. <laughs> Damn, I hope so. <laughs> Alright, so once again, if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, hit us up either on our YouTube channel, as we've clearly shown, we're capable of responding to comments on that. Or shoot us an email at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. Spelt the way all of those words are normally spelt. That's whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Instagram where we make posts not only of the when the episode goes live, but pictures of what our table looks like when we record the podcast to hopefully give you a bit of a hint of what we're talking about. Uh, so once again, thanks you for listening to today's episode. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, if you have any ideas about what our podcast could be about, reach out to us at any of the places I already told you to reach out to us. Join us in a fortnight uh, when we'll be celebrating the fact that we get to record together in person again uh, by eating a cake. Keith, do you have a knife to cut the cake with? I don't have any knives. How can you not have a knife? What do you mean? Money can't buy knives. <laughs>